Hi, folks. Um, I don't have content warnings for this week's interview. It's a great interview. Uh, so I'm really excited to be sharing it. Uh, it's the first of many great interviews that I have coming up over the course of the next two months. So that'll be exciting. Uh, the other thing is to mention that we have animals, some of whom will get in our face, some of whom will cause loud noises, some One of whom... One of whom really wants to be petted right now. Yes, some of whom may result in us yelling swears at them. Which brings us to the third thing, and that is we swear a lot. It's true. It's a... Uh, I don't think it's a moral failing, it's just something we do. So there's that. Welcome, everyone, to Productivity Alchemy episode 187. Uh, as I mentioned, I've got an exciting guest this week. His name is Leo. He's one of the co-founders of the Sorted app. I had a great conversation. I'm really looking forward to sharing that, too, uh, with everybody in the next couple minutes. <laughs> Over the course of the next hour, right? Uh, so, yeah, uh, very exciting. And I had a good week. Yeah. Um, all of it's it was one of those rush moments like Thursday. Everything came to OK. Everything I'd been working on that was due with the current code deploy had to happen right now. And so uh, I worked extra late Thursday night, but it was worth it because everything was done by the time I was done. Uh, and I could go into what was a long weekend without having to worry about anything like looming when I came back to work on Tuesday. Which was really cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, and now I'm back sort of in the waiting phase, but I know we've got some annual certifications kicking off in the next couple of days, and that's going to take up some time. So these are the things that, you know, this is the cycle. Boom and bust, boom and bust. Yeah. Um, now, you were talking last week, and uh, a letter came in about it. Oh. Um, about your publishing schedule. Yes. Yes. And so the question came in um, uh, much along the lines of, um, hold on, let me pull it up. Let me let me do the smart thing and pull up the question. Meanwhile, how was your week? Uh, it was good. The, the weekend was taken up by BossCone, which was a virtual convention where I was uh, the guests for uh, the small press, Nespa Press guest. And uh, it was great. I was on a bunch of panels, but that basically meant I was working the weekend. So I did the thing that I would tell someone else to do, and which, of course, I never do myself. And I took yesterday off because I was like, I have not gotten a weekend. So Tuesday, I will I will be yeah. off work. And, and it was cool. I, I started tomato seeds. I played video games. I, you know... It was good, and then today I wrote, you know, sixteen hundred words. And uh, one nice thing about the publishing schedule is I, that I've just gotten the new one, and I get an extra two months on the uh, book that is currently, you know, that I'm beating my head against, which is lovely. With those extra two months, I may actually figure out what's going on. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, the question was, uh, you had talked about your publishing schedule and possibly trying to expedite uh, self-published work this year. Um, and uh, Corey was wondering if you could or would expand on what your normal publishing schedule looks like and if you have like a yearly goal on the self-publishing and if you would ever consider a nonfiction book. Uh, to answer the last question first, yes, I would absolutely consider a nonfiction book. I have a uh, book about writing that I noodle on now and again and someday 
I may even publish it, uh, which basically tells you immediately, I cannot tell you how to write a book. I can tell you how I write a book. <laughs> uh, and then I have also occasionally noodled around on a book about um, not exactly gardening, but about what we're doing at Dog Skull and things like that. And right. uh, yeah, my normal publishing schedule is I like to have three books out a year. And they don't all have to be self-published, but I want at least, like, one early in the year, one in summer, one in fall. And, yeah, so basically three a year. So with not having the trade-published book landing in fall, as I thought it would, I suddenly have to get three books out. And... One, I have just literally today put up for pre-order, so when you are listening to this, there's a good chance you can pre-order Paladin Strength by T. Kingfisher. Uh, it'll come out uh, February 28th. So, yeah, which is about two weeks away. Yeah. So, groovy. And, uh, so, what yeah, there's my, my book for early in the year, and then I have to have a book for summer, which I have some ideas, but... I don't know quite uh, which one it'll be. And then I have <laughs> to have a book out in fall. And if I get really wild and crazy, I may want one out early next year as well. Uh, right. But we'll see how that goes. And the thing is that this is all happening. I have to write these at the same time as I am writing the books that are going to be trade published, which exactly. because there's such a long lead time on those, uh, those will come out years from now. Like I wrote a book for Tor that literally I don't think will be out until possibly late 2023. It, yes, and, I, I know. Sorry, yeah. Hobbs is being a menace over here, okay. so I'm going to, yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, publishing has really long lead time, or traditional publishing has very long lead times, or trade publishing is, as it prefers to be called. Uh, self-publishing has very short lead times. Basically, I finish the book, I send it to my editor, uh, within two months, usually, I can have it out the door. So, yeah, basically, I'm just, uh, scrambling around trying to figure out what comes out this year. I know what one of the books will be, the other one, I'm not so sure, but maybe this summer. Uh, I'm getting an idea what it'll probably be, so... There, have a cardboard box, old buddy. So, having finally gotten my publishing schedule, basically, <laughs> I uh, today, or yesterday night, really, today I went through and looked at it and looked for all of the gaps where, uh, because I can't publish anything three months uh, after the trade publishing, just uh, because, you know, they don't want it like cannibalizing book sales. Right. There are some exceptions carved out that uh, that my agent has, has worked with, and honestly, I could probably publish the anything in the White Rat universe basically whenever, but three months <laughs> is a good deal because then, you know, we all know where we stand, nobody gets offended, nobody has their toes stepped on. So I'm like, okay, I have to have one for January 2022, and I have to have one for yeah. summer of 2022, and... So it's, uh, yeah, it's it's just a matter of figuring out what goes where. And then next year, probably, there may, there may even be four books out next year because the trade publishing will kick in big time. And 
I'll be trying to shove a self-pub in there so, you know, people aren't <laughs> wait, waiting like three years for the next Paladin book. And, yeah, it's uh, everything is a lot and it's juggling. But, yeah, that's basically how I figure it out is what gets me three books out in a year. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, and that's the least I can do. And the reason I do that is uh, basically money. Because <laughs> yeah, money is... Uh, People often think authors write books for the pure love of writing books. Well, you have to... I don't know if you have to love writing books. You have to love having written, certainly. I love having written. I love having written a book. The actual act of writing it is, you know, often like being beaten to death by a snail. But (laughs) it's... uh, Yeah, I love having written the book. That being said, uh, I think it was like Dorothy Parker or someone who said, I hate writing, I love having written. The one problem is that uh, with self-publishing, you know, you're only as good as the recent book and people forget you exist. Like the first month, everything sells really well. The second month, often even better than the first month, depending on when the book came out in the month. Right, 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 right. After that, taper off. After that, taper off. Six months from publication you're back to uh, maybe you have grocery money. So four months is about the point where, you know, I know that that I can sustain a living. And thinking of sustaining a living, you've got pre-orders coming up. Like you said, your pre-order is up now. Oh, it is. I maybe. Well, I mean, by the time this goes oh, out, yeah, it will be. Oh, yeah, by the time be. this yeah. goes live, it probably will be. I yeah. mean, it, it, it's in Amazon review, but I haven't looked at oh. it because that's a good way to, you know, make yourself nuts. Yeah, but. <laughs> the, there, there's like two kinds of doom scrolling for you. There's the doom scrolling that we all know and hate, but do anyway. On Twitter. On Twitter. And then there is the author who's waiting on Amazon to process their thing. Yes. Doom scroll of... Is it there? Is it there? Is it there? Is it there? Yes. Yeah. And then there's also the trap of it's out. Is it selling? Is it selling? Is it selling? Uh, I am. I actually do not fall into that trap terribly much these days, uh, but mostly because I've put out so many books and I've realized <laughs> that it doesn't do anything. I don't make any more money if I sit and stare at the screen. You know? Okay. So, That's, yeah. yeah, fair. But there's certainly a, okay, how many, and also you can never tell how many got pre-ordered because Amazon until the day of, basically, and suddenly it's like, oh, you sold 1,600 pre-orders. And I'm like, wait, 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 hang on. I What? You could have warned me. And then my poor print publisher, Argyle, is running around waving their arms going, ah, this is great, but oh my God, now I have to get so many books mailed. Yes. Yeah, that is that is sort of the thing. Because you're partnered with a, a physical publisher for these releases. For the the print releases, yeah. yes. You're you're partnered with a small press. Because lots of people like print and mm-hmm. I would rather they take my money and or they don't take my money. I'd rather they get the money and do the work than trying to get it through Create Space and whatnot. Oh so, yeah. yeah, no. That's that's there that that path lies madness. Yeah. It it does. Yeah. Okay. So thank you for writing in, Corey. I, I wanted to bring that one up this week instead of waiting for the letter show because it was very pertinent. Yes, it is timely. So anyway, I got all that up today and wrote today, and I feel I was all invigorated and got stuff done. And 
Was that because I had a day off? I don't know. Um, when was the last time you had a day off? I mean, I have weekends off. Okay, when was the last time you actually took a weekend off? I try not to write on the weekends. Usually I just lay around and play video games and then feel bad about myself for having laid around and play video games. Okay, I guess technically that's off. Uh, it also helped that today was <laughs> sunny for the first time. Oh and my like, god, yes. Gloriously sunny and it's been very rainy for days. That probably had a lot to do it with was, it. Well, and it was also sunny yesterday and I think that had a lot to do with it too. Um, yeah. It's been, the sun has been out and it's been warmer. That's all about to change. Yeah, tomorrow's going to suck. But, yeah. you know. Our our heart goes out, by the way, to all of our listeners in Texas. Whenever you hear this, I'm very sorry. And also to our listeners in Oregon who are being forgotten because of Texas, but who are also under a massive oh. snowstorm yeah, um, and ice storm, including my mother's. So. And and the you know, and Washington State. Yeah, same got it the, too. the Pacific yeah. Northwest, the whole mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, massive, yeah. massive womp. And uh and but everyone's talking about Texas because, of course, Texas doesn't have the infrastructure, and Washington has a bit more of it. So yes, um, so yeah, uh, I hope everyone is better and warm by the time you're listening to this. Or if you're listening to it in the cold and dark, I hope we're helping keep you warm, even if it's not okay. So it's really inefficient to do it over audio. Okay, I got that. Yes. Right on to other things. Uh, I have a. Fantastic guest. Yes, let us yes. listen to this fantastic guest. Yeah, uh, this is Leo, who I spoke to. He's one of the co-founders of Sorted. One of the exciting things about this is that not only is he like the co-founder, it's because he used it and shared it with a friend that the whole thing, like he wrote it for himself, he shared it with a friend, and then it snowballed from there. And that's a really cool story, and I want you all to hear it right after this. I am here today with Leo, and Leo, you've got an app, you've got all kinds of stuff going on. Really excited to talk about you, or talk with you, and about you. Um, so, uh, can you introduce yourself and tell us what it is you do? Well, I, uh, hello there. Uh, I co-founded Sorted, uh, but then I have a background in computer engineering. Uh, right after that, I did a turnaround of a retail brand. Uh, and then took it public, uh, did my MBA after that, and then joined Louis Vuitton as an executive and in-house uh, management consultant. Did that for about four years and then took a year off, went traveling, and then ended up teaching coding boot camp at uh, a place called General Assembly. Okay, cool. And, and then uh, did some startup projects and stuff. And then, as I said, uh, co-founded Sorted. Yeah, so there's a, a, a lot going on in there. Um, good. I mean, I'm a survivor of the, the, the first like internet bubble and the second internet bubble. So, yeah, I mean, 
been around the block once or twice myself. Um, (laughs) So how do you keep yourself organized? Well, uh, I have to admit that I'm actually a very disorganized person myself, right? So keeping myself organized has always been a struggle uh, until sort of I started working on Sorted and and this concept of hyper-scheduling. and so right now, that's what I use basically to organize myself successfully for, for the past, I don't know, many years. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's built into a, a, a good routine, daily routine for me. Daily so. routine. All right. Um, can you expand on this hyper-scheduling concept? I, I don't think we've, it's not something we've explored. Um, or really, really talked about on the show. So I'm, I'm very curious. Yeah, sure. I think hyperscheduling is picking up in popularity, popularity uh, lately. Uh, and I think the general definition of it is called is like instead of time blocking, uh, kind of like a generic block for say finance, right? Two hours. Right. You you want to schedule uh, specific tasks in blocks of thirty minutes or forty five minutes to an hour. Uh, and so that's the generic definition, but we at Sorted actually have a different take on that. Uh, and that's through like the eight years we've been developing this concept since it was, you know, a personal project until now. Um, I think it's important to not only to schedule your task because that adds commitment, mm-hmm. uh, how you schedule it is also just as important, right? right. And to us, we think that uh, first you want to schedule it into a one unified place. Mm-hmm. So you're not looking at your calendar on one end and then your tasks on another and trying to merge those two together, right? right. Um, second is it has to be flexible because God knows we get so much interruptions nowadays. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so for example, we're, uh, you know, you're, you're calling your client and then you're about to close the deal, but it's going to take another 30 minutes than you imagined. You want to yeah. close that deal, right? Mm-hmm. And then you want the flexibility to be able to quickly adapt your schedule afterwards and shift everything for 30 minutes, right? Yeah. Um, and then you also want to make this whole thing effortless. And that's kind of like the key starting point when I first designed Sorted was, how do I make this, try to make this as effortless as possible so then it becomes an easy to maintain routine, right? Uh, okay. So if it only takes like a minute each day for you to schedule as opposed to you know half an hour or 15 minutes, then it's really easy to keep that uh, going. And when you keep that going, then you kind of snowball the effect of task management. Right, right. Um, cool. So let's let's talk a little bit about like the systems and habits around that. Because I know like so many people say, I'm not really that organized. And then when you start to dig in and you hear it like they've, They've sort of built this hyper system and they're not really, it isn't really conscious, right? But it's there. And I'm always like, no, see, you really are incredibly organized. You just don't see it that way, right? So you, you, what, what, uh, like what habits and routines, I mean, and systems are you, are you putting, are you kind of meshing together for all of this? Okay. Well, um, so this might be the engineer uh, DNA in me, right? Right. Uh, so instead of, instead of uh, you want to create a system to kind of solve your problem in the long run, 
Um, and so I went down this uh, rabbit hole of trying to figure out, okay, what are the pieces in, in solving this? Uh, and so I, I value like concepts from all over, right? You have GTD with uh, brain dumping and context, uh, marking things with context. You have Eisenhower matrix with its uh, kind of concept of urgent versus important. So that helps. Uh, Pomodoro for saying, you know, it's important to take breaks and manage your focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, you write uh, task titles with, uh, that leads with an action. So it triggers you to start working on that thing as soon as you see it. Uh, there's something a little bit older called Tickler file or some oh, people yeah. call it 43 folders, right? So the concept of setting up a reminder for yourself in the future on a certain thing and then handling it then, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this, you know, uh, KISS, K-I-S-S, keep, thing, keep it simple, stupid, right? Oh, yeah. um, I think that's super important because, you know, you go off on a long vacation and you come back, you don't want to have to relearn a complex system, right? You just right. want to get back to it right away and start working. Um, and then you have hyperscheduling, which is something that we kind of, uh, uh, started discovering ourselves since like eight years ago and trying to, uh, you know, congeal it into, uh, into what it is uh, the definition we have today. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I think, uh, some other people also kind of followed the same similar path and, right. and it, it all came together as under this banner called hyperscheduling. Yeah, I, I, I love looking over this because these are all techniques I've used, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, David Allen's getting things done in the Eisenhower Matrix. I was just, um, uh, I'm a writer for opensource.com. And uh, by the time this comes out, one of uh, I do a productivity series every year. And one of the days I talk specifically about using the Eisenhower Matrix for prioritizing things. Um, Pomodoro actual has 43 folders and Merlin man, right? Yep. Merlin, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, big fan. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I think they all have, they, they all have a place, right? Uh, right? I mean, when you use it, but then you need all of it to kind of come together mm-hmm. and then action on it. And I think that's where scheduling and hyper scheduling is about. Right. Right. So a lot of them is the way you categorize or a part of the system to input things. Um, and then you need to kind of like bring it all together into your calendar in a specific time and start working on those things. Right. right. And I, I like the idea of keep it flexible enough. I mean, I'm a, in my day job, my day job, right? I'm a cloud SRE. Um, I have on-call shifts. That means that I can be in the middle of a coding session and my phone will go off and I have to drop everything. Right? <laughs> You're familiar. You've been there, right? I can tell. I see yes. it in your face. Um, <laughs> and so, but being able to be flexible like that is incredibly important for someone like me. I mean, aside from that, once I've dealt with the emergency, now I'm going to have to take like that five minutes to get my brain back in. I'm writing code or I'm working on, you know, some infrastructure changes to, uh, you know, after emergency mode. And I think the flexibility that this is like, okay, something unexpected's come up. You've got to, we're going to plop 30 minutes in there and then work around it. I, that's really powerful. Really powerful. Um, glad, glad you like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, anything else in, in that sort of range or zone or something? Um, well, 
there's also some insight that I've, I've had uh, okay. throughout this process of discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, I think task management has a kind of non-linear ROI or return on investment. Yeah. Right. So if you don't do it, then, you know, that's bad. But if you do too much, then you really start eating into your day. Right. And I think that that ROI is actually pretty sharp. So you just want to do just enough and then start focusing on doing. Right. So you want to manage your tasks just enough so that you you gain like 80 percent of the benefits and then you don't waste the extra, you know, 80, 20 rule. Right. Forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 80% of your time is, is doing 20% of the tasks, something like that. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so, uh, and then uh, 20% of the effort leads to 80% of the results. And then the extra 80, sometimes it's just like, you're not getting anywhere much. Right. right? Or um, yeah. Why do I need to spend all that time on something? I could be spending it on something more valuable. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's also why we, we're saying the way you schedule has to be effortless and quick, right? Because task management is not the goal. Nobody, you know, do task management because that's my goal. I want to task manage. It's usually for some other reason, like you want to, right. you know, do better career-wise or you want to do better for your family, you know, mm-hmm. do better for your health, that's the goal. So if you can minimize your, your time spent on actually task managing to achieve those, why not? Right. Right. Um, I, I have a scrum master certification behind you, behind me. I don't know if you can really see it on the camera, but I'm kind of the person who occasionally does like that task management. aspect. <laughs> I think, I think it's a requirement for project managers and, uh, and scrum masters and, and agile coaches and things like that, because you, you want to make sure everybody else is staying on track. Right. Yes. Right. But that's your job, right? Right. And that's your right. goal. Right. But uh, outside of, outside of that, it's, your goal is to maintain that team and make sure they're working efficiently. Mm-hmm. But then outside of that, I guess, you know, when it's not your goal to do that, then, you want to minimize that as much as possible. Yeah, because you, you, a lot of it is focused on making sure your team isn't overloaded, making sure that things are actually getting done and are actionable. And so it's still applicable, but it's it's a different take on it, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I bet you didn't expect you'd be getting into those weeds when you accepted the <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, I've been running a startup for a while and, you know, we do stand-ups, we do scrums, we do sprints. Uh, and so I, I can totally understand, right? I, right, right. Sometimes I, I do have to focus on the team and say, well, hey, let's, you know, on, on this whole uh, scrum thing to make sure we're on track. Mm-hmm. Um, but then obviously in the perfect world, I, I wouldn't have to do too much of that. Right, right. I mean, if you've so, got a small team, then, you know, it, it makes sense. As the team grows, there's always that place, okay, my time is needs to be back, needs to be further back. I, I can't be in at this level anymore. And that that sure. is a dynamic that's really hard to judge and start up sometimes. And uh, especially as companies grow. Yeah, it's a it's almost like a rite of passage as a company grow. You do yeah. have to adapt and change. Uh, I've sort of experienced that when I did the turnaround of that retail company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at the beginning it was just me and the CEO going in. And basically, we were two person uh, trying to change the organization, right? Mm-hmm. 
right. and then we kind of like built up the the team and then eventually you kind of take a step back and kind of you know just let people work get out of people's way right and just clear up roadblocks if they have any yeah Definitely. it's 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 interesting in my day job because the ceo is one of the co-founders uh, you know, he's one of the original authors and architects of the open source project we're based on, uh, or mm. that we, we monetized. Um, I work for Elastic, just full disclosure. Um, and so, but it's, it's really funny to see him like step in with solid technical arguments in the middle <laughs> of a, a strategy or a brainstorming session on, you know, how are we building out our cloud services? How are we scaling things? Because you, you don't expect it, right? You, you forget sometimes that just because they're the CEO or they're the, the, you know, they're doing all of the business business stuff, you sometimes forget there's a big engineering background there. And I bet you're surprising some of your, your engineers as well. Uh, well, I think uh, our, our team is pretty small. So they, they know me and I do jump in with, uh, uh, and, and we're so small that I, I continue coding Right, right, even now, right. Um, but I I see that as a as I guess a pro and a con as well. It's a powerful tool, I think. Mm-hmm. Right, being able to speak the language of of engineers, or when I talk with uh, designers, being able you to know, speak their language. Um, but at the same time, I think uh, sometimes I I have to make sure I I hold back a little bit and not override people's opinions. Mm-hmm. Let them have their their chance to say what they're you know thinking so yeah so i I think it's a powerful tool and it depends on really how you you use it how you use it yeah yeah oh thinking of using using those powerful tools what does your typical day look like (laughs) uh well i usually don't wake up this quite this early (laughs) i start my day quite late uh, so now it's about uh, 9.30. I probably woke up at 7.30 this morning. Uh, mm-hmm. But I usually uh, code, my, my best coding hours are probably around, you know, uh, midnight to maybe 3 a.m. Um, and then that kind of fits because my, our team is actually uh, distributed. So we remote yeah. work. Uh, we have people in Canada, U.S., uh, <laughs> Uh, Russia, Germany, uh, Europe, uh, China. Um, oh yeah, Taiwan. <laughs> so, We're the same way, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So uh, we we maintain a pretty flexible schedule. A lot of my meetings actually turn out to be uh, later in the day for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like everybody, I start up with a coffee, uh, and then I uh, I look through my schedule one more time. Like I usually do it the night before, but I look through it one more time to see if I've changed my mind on some stuff and then uh, just follow it. You know, it becomes like very mechanical in that sense. Right, 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 right. And then, you know, you're, there's time, like, I, if you're, I, I'm, I'm going to ask, I'm trying to figure out the polite way to ask this, but I'm like, it's not working. So um, you're coding from midnight to 3 a.m. You're sleeping you've you've got the meetings and things um you know are you self-care time where does that fall into your day or as part of your schedule oh i think in between right i'm a big um i'm a big proponent for if you can take little short naps power naps 
Okay. Uh, I think that's actually very powerful. Like when, whenever I start feeling a little bit tired, uh, uh, you know, I, I kind of feel it and say, oh, I'm starting to get a little bit low on energy. Then I would try to put off uh, making decisions at that moment. Because okay. usually yeah. I found that usually when I make decisions during those moments, I make bad ones. So I would say, <laughs> you know, so uh, that's from pure experience. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would say, all right, uh, let's, you know, if I'm in a meeting and say, okay, let me think about that. Right. And let's, let's cut things short. Uh, and then I would probably take a 15 minute nap, pace around, think about the, the problem and then come back and, and on maybe on Slack or on some Slack, uh, uh, then, then, you know, uh, then say like, okay, this is what I just thought of. Right. Okay. So I think that's better than to kind of force things, uh, uh, at inappropriate times. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, that's I, I could never get the hang of power naps. I tried it, uh, especially when it was like, this is the big thing now. Everybody's doing power naps. Everybody's doing power naps. I'm like, yeah, I can't seem to power nap. I, I go down for like an hour and a half. That's that's not really a power <laughs> nap. That's, that's yeah, maybe I, think, I shouldn't have stayed up that late, right? <laughs> I, I think it's, it's important to just know yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to follow what other people are doing. Yeah. Um, just know yourself. If you don't power nap, maybe it's just like, you know, walking outpacing, you know, just take yourself out of that situation for a little bit. So you have some room to think things through and then come back with a, yeah. Yeah. I think that's yeah. Important. Like um, our dishwasher's on the fritz right now. And so we're having to hand wash all our dishes. And oh. the, but the five minutes I can just wander into the kitchen. Like, I'm like, okay, this is a really big problem. I can wander in the kitchen. I can spend five minutes just, you know, washing dishes your mind's completely focused on washing dishes in the front. In the back, it's still problem solving, right? And right. you can get that little boost of, okay, I finished a thing, right? I finished right. the dishes. That is an accomplishment. Now I can go back to this other thing. Um, yeah. Or I'll go walk with the chickens because that's, you know, that's my personal little uh, uh, slice of, of, I don't know what the right term of slice is. Peace, maybe, is is hmm. my, my, my chicken coops and my, my, my girls and my roosters and my, yeah. So <laughs> that's like uh killing multiple. Well, I probably shouldn't use that phrase, but hey. you're, you're getting multiple things done at the same time, right? You, right. You're both, you know, taking care of your chicken or washing dishes. Uh, you're when you're with your chicken, you feel more calm. So you're, you're kind of getting a little bit of relaxation there a little bit mentally, mm-hmm. and then you get to back out and, and come back in. Yeah. On that yeah. Um, <clears throat> It's only a problem on rainy days too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm, I'm, I'm getting a lot out of this. Um, What uh, uh, this kind of naturally leads into uh, what's the best advice you've ever received or have been given? Um, mm, Good question. I think (laughs) it's, uh, I think it's really just read a lot of, varying things like don't just read one topic mm-hmm. just you know uh, go and explore uh, a lot of different topics and then oftentimes i find that you you start seeing parallels in the way people are solving problems but there might be unique takes from from you know one place to another right an artist's take on on certain things and then but then it's you can actually apply that to maybe engineering right and so mm-hmm. i think that's really powerful 
just, you know, and we have so many tools now, like you go on YouTube and, and look at different channels. You can go on all these websites and learn things from different people, or you can pick up books the traditional oh, yeah. way. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like so many things, so many access. And I, I got to say the, the, uh, my Kindle uh, or ebook reader has been like a godsend for that. Cause now I'm not carrying around five books. I'm, you know, I have an entire library in my bag. Um, when we could still travel, it was fantastic. Right. I'm like, right. there's this big series and I'm going to be spending a month traveling across, uh, you know, Eastern China and Tibet. I'll just put that on the Kindle for all the downtime in the car or whatever. Right. Right. Um, or, uh, you know, I'm going to be on an 18 hour flight somewhere instead of having to buy five books at the airport, like you used to do <laughs> back in the, in the really before times, you know, I can just say, Oh yeah, I preloaded three on my Kindle. So yeah, yeah no, definitely. Um, and I, I have read a whole lot of interesting things because normally it wouldn't be, I'd look at something and go, I don't know if I want to carry that around. And now it's like, sure. I'll read about the history of the great depression and the, you know, the dietary standards and, and use of recipes during that time. Or uh, I think my wife just read the document, the, the book about that is literally just salt. Like the history oh, okay. and use of salt. Like, um, yeah, fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff, apparently. Yeah, I can, Im- I can imagine, right? Preservative, yeah. uh, seasoning, so many uses. Uh, money. Like uh, Roman soldiers uh, yes. were paid in salt, right? I mean, right, right, right. Know, At one point, it was more uh, worth more than gold. Mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly. Yep. Um, so yeah, but there, there are all these these things that it used to be. You'd have to go to a library, you'd have to bookstore, you'd have to find a, a subject matter expert. Now, yeah, we have the world in our pocket. I guess. Um, yeah, it's like, so amazing. Yeah, right? I wish I, I grew up a little bit later than that. Actually. <laughs> I, to make I, better use of that. I sometimes do and I sometimes don't. Um, okay. Uh, I, I do miss the days when um, like there would be a delay in my wife tell, proving me I was wrong. Um, oh. But, you know, the, uh, the immediacy of her being able to go to Wikipedia and say, no, you're absolutely wrong. Here you go. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it saved us probably like uh, several days of just being generally grumpy at each other. Cause I'm like, well, okay. I was wrong. You got me on that. one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good example. <laughs> I used to be allowed to be wrong longer, but now, now the <laughs> internet. It's, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a good one <laughs> um, alright so uh, I've got two questions left alright All right. Um, and uh, as I, I generally explain them uh, the first one is, the gen- is usually the sad but easy one Okay. The second one is the happy but difficult one. Okay. And this is, I I call them this after like the first hundred or so interviews and people's experiences with them. And I used to end on the sad one, but I flipped them because it's really nice to end on the happy one. (laughs) Okay. All (laughs) All right. right. So sad but easy, generally. Um, Okay. Failure is a part of everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you deal with failure or missing a goal? 
Okay. Well, I would probably just, you know, and I usually do is um, go somewhere private, swear a bit, you know, vent. I think I think it's important, right? Just get get your emotion out there, and then uh, once that once that's done, I think it's it's reflecting on it, see what I could do better, maybe talk with friends, right, people I trust, to to kind of like, you know, get something out of it so I can improve the next time, and then and then basically move on. I think the the general concept is juice the mistake as for what. You can get out of it. Don't let it go to waste, mm-hmm. and then just move on, right? I mean, you, you're gonna. I'm gonna make another mistake in the future, right? And have failures in the future. I'll also have successes. So don't let it weigh too much on you. It's just not worth that time. Time is expensive. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I am also a go somewhere invent person. I used to be the curl in a ball and and just not let the world and let the world go away for a little bit person. And I've, uh, you know, uh, I think everybody sort of has their progression between the different levels and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, I missed the, the, the bit where everybody else would leave. Um, I work from home. I've been working from home for over a decade. Um, right. And in the before times, before the plague times, <laughs> um, Everybody else would go like they, they, you know, kids would be in school. My wife would be uh, at the coffee shop. She writes her novels at I, and then I, something went horribly wrong. I could just, you know, step out back and swear loudly. All the neighbors were at work. No big deal. Right. So <laughs> right. I, I miss that a little bit right now. I, you know, the neighbors have a small kid and I can't go out and swear loudly and profusely over things anymore. <laughs> um. All right. Other side of the coin. Okay. Other side of the coin. Success, right? Opposite of failure, success. Do you celebrate your successes? And if so, how? I think if it's something personal, mm-hmm. a personal mm-hmm. success, I kind of yes and no. Okay. Uh, I might, you know, smile, laugh a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and then share it with friends, maybe uh, with my wife. Um, and then... You know, and then just kind of move on. Uh, also, time is expensive, right? Right. We need to get to the next success. Um, if it's a team success, then I think it's important to kind of bring it out, right? Uh, especially if there are any specific uh, cases uh, and commendations to specific people. I think it's important to let let everyone know, right? Uh, I think it's a great way to boost morale for the team. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah. And then move on a- as well. well. Yeah. Cause it's, you've, you've done it, you've accomplished it. Now we can look at the next thing, right? Yeah. Especially if you have a kind of longer term, like with, with sorted, we have a longer term vision of what the product should be. So um, I think as soon as we meet one of the milestones, we kind of all interestingly know, Oh, that's the next thing. <laughs> right. right, right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so we kind of celebrate a little bit and then we go, yeah, now next thing. Yeah. yeah I, I worked for a company who we would celebrate every release. Right. And that was maybe two or three times a year. Uh, and we had a new VP come in and say, look, um, we're going to be accelerating this. We can't 
we literally cannot celebrate every release because we're aiming for a release every month. And right. so we're going to move that to more of an annual recognition thing. But we want releases to be so seamless that they're unremarkable that we don't need to celebrate a successful release. It's just something that happens. I, I thought that was a really sort of interesting milestone in the growth of that well, company. Well, I, I guess it also depends on how you define celebrate. I mean, if you have to throw like a one hour party every time or like three hour party every time. Yeah, yeah. You could also celebrate in smaller ways, right? Mm -hmm. Just, uh, you know, uh, send some gifts, maybe buy some, buy some snacks. Yeah. And, and, and that's it. It's like five minutes. Yeah. Yay. Good yeah. job. We, we got that. And then, you know, move on, on to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it was uh, it was our the, our at the at the start our releases were really big deals. So there'd be uh, you know it'd be like we are going out to the bar on this date. We need to RSVP kind of thing. Um, oh right, right. But those know, are those are important to have once yes. in a while too, for oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it moved to well, we released uh, beers in the break room, beers in the break room, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's good too. I I, I like yeah. that. <laughs> hey, I I'm I'm a big fan. Big fan. Not that big a fan, but big fan. You know what I mean. Right. Those are all the questions. Cool. So, um, uh, all right, we've talked about sorted. We've we've danced around the subject. Your turn. What do you want to tell us about? <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we talked a lot about uh, hyper scheduling, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I guess how does sorted fit into to this concept? Right. right. One is a concept. The other is sort of like a tool. And I think of it as like, you know, if you want to nail two pieces of wood together, mm -hmm. you need a tool to do that. You could use a really heavy spoon or something like that, but it, that's not the most, you know, efficient way. You want a hammer, right? Um, mm -hmm. So along that lines, I think uh, uh, Sorted is a hyperscheduler. So mm -hmm. it's the tool for to help you efficiently do hyperscheduling. So, uh, and... You know, we somehow from a very personal project that I did for myself, mm -hmm. uh, it kind of now maybe almost eight years later, it's uh, it's been downloaded over a million times. Uh, we have a, a, a good sized user group and a lot of people are saying that uh, it's it's helping them. It's changing their lives. We, we have a wall on our website called the Wall of Love. And it's basically, <laughs> we have like maybe... Uh, a couple hundred of the reviews and letters that we get put up on there, but then we have thousands more. Um, so yeah, I think um, in some ways, I think this, this sorted it has become kind of like, you know, it, I, I'm not a writer. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how to write a book, <laughs> uh, but I'm a coder and this is sort of like my book, right? My take on, on, uh, giving back to right. to the world, and so to me, this is like as much of a passion project as anything. And uh, although I still need to feed my team, so we need to make oh, yeah, yeah. a little bit of money out of it. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of like my my kind of main thing is try to. I think everything has now congealed together. We have a concept. We have a polished product on Apple platform for now. Um, and now is the time uh, our team grew a little bit. Now it's the time for us to kind of 
um, start spreading this message because we know that we've benefited from hyperscheduling ourselves individually. Uh, we know that we have tens of thousands of users who write to us and say, "We, this is great, right? It's working finally, right? And so <laughs> we're trying to bring this uh, to more people. Right. Ho- hopefully to to help them. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I love these sorts of passion projects where it's, I started this to scratch my particular itch and I can share it with other people because it you know, other people are finding value. I'm not the only one. I, I, the passion and the enthusiasm that happens both with founders and with coders and teams when that's the case is always just so exciting to see. Yeah. It continues to drive me. And, and I, to this day, I'm kind of surprised that, you know, I I was going down this rabbit hole because, you know, I just needed to go down this rabbit hole. Right. right? Right. Um, And then it's actually helping other people. And that, that's when, when it's like, oh, okay, cool. And honestly, if, if it was, wasn't for uh, my co-founder, Harry, mm-hmm. um, this probably might not have even happened, right? I started, I coded it up for, for personal use. And then uh, he saw it and then he actually said, can I try it, right? And then right. six months later, he came back to me and said, hey, this is the first time I've managed to use a single tool consistently for over six months. There's right. something here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You want to put it up on the app store and see what other people think? <laughs> you know? And then I, I, we did that. And then, um, and then uh, at first we got a lot of uh, feedback saying it's really hard to use, right. which is right. fair. I mean, I built it for myself, right? So right, right. no discoverability or anything like that. I just needed something, right? And then, but then at the same time, we got a lot of people saying, wait, but it's worth it. Spend three days, learn it. It's really worth it, right? Keep going. And that's kind of like how we started like, okay, there might be something here, right? When it's this difficult and people are willing to put up with it. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually we're like, okay, let's polish it up and do a real version that is meant for release, right? right. Uh, easier to use and stuff like that. And it, it just kind of grew out of nowhere, into what it is today. And I'm like so proud of it. It's like my my little baby. (laughs) So cool. I I love hearing about that sort of story. Right. Um, And, and it keeps you enthusiastic. It keeps you motivated. And that's just absolutely fantastic to hear. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, So uh, anything else for us? Where, what are the actual like links? Where can we find you online? What is the actual URL to sort it? Okay, so you could find us on sortedapp.com. Uh, so S O R T E D A P P dot com, uh, and then you could find us on the App Store. So if you type in Sorted, we are kind of like the app icon with a little sun, uh, red sun with a tick mark and and some waves. So <laughs> that icon actually took a while <laughs> to, to come up. With. They always do. They always do. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah. Uh, and then we have a bunch of alternate uh, app icons now in there, so people can, you know, pick whatever they like—something dark, something really yeah. colorful, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I will be linking these in the show notes for everybody who's listening at home. And uh, Leo, thank you so much for taking some time out to speak with us. It's been absolutely fantastic. And thank you for having me. Oh. Yeah, and if you want to come back, just drop me a note. We'll make it happen. 
Sure. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, see you next time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> for the people at home, we'll be right back after this. are back. I had a great time talking to Leo. I hope uh, everybody enjoyed my conversation with Leo. I really did. Um, and uh, go check out the app if you happen to be on Apple. Sadly, it's, uh, again, not available for Android, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll bug Leo about that every so often. Um, our word for this week. Our word is sorted. 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 Uh, the name of the company, and that word... That's S-O-R-T-E-D, I believe. Correct. All right, yes. Not to be confused with Sorted, which is S-O-R-D-I-D, which is something else entirely not affiliated with this company. Correct. Uh, you can use that word at productivityalchemy.com in the badge code box to claim this week's badge. And we're really happy about it. Uh, you can find out more about badges at productivityalchemy.com, as well as, you know, there's a how-to, there's a link to see some of the badges, um, you know, uh, basic explanations. It's, it's really cool. Uh, and they're open badges, so you can use them, you can move them to anywhere that you can use open badges. So, yeah. Um, I interviewed Leo before we started asking guests about what they would like to support. So it's okay. I, I have a, a oh, suggestion. You have a suggestion. Well, hit me. Yes. Uh, I would suggest that you Google for Texas Mutual Aid. And yes. this is not going to be any one organization. It's going to be a lot of little local ones. And these are the people who are basically, uh, you know, they do not have snazzy websites. They, they usually aren't even, you know, a affiliated charity thing. But these are like people who are out there getting hotel rooms for people who've been uh uh who are stuck or who are homeless and you know are now being snowed on uh who right. uh you know friends of my friend of mine uh had uh, all the pipes burst in her apartment and yeah. the water main broke and suddenly there was 6 inches of water in their apartment pouring out and they lost pretty much everything that you know wasn't more than a foot off the ground so uh, which include all of the furniture and major appliances and so forth. So, oh yeah, uh, basically, look up those people, and uh, you know, most of them will take Venmo or PayPal or something. Uh, you don't have to give them vast sums of money, but even twenty bucks will, you know, buy hot food for people who are really screwed and have no power. So anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. I would suggest you dig into something like that right now because those are the people on the ground who are really hurt i i completely agree and uh we do this because we're fine yes and though if you go to the website you can find ways to support us we would rather it was word of mouth right now than you try to give us money yeah so share the podcasts if you enjoy them uh if you see something particularly helpful tell your friends tell your 
family, uh, do... If you know someone with a cool job, tell them to sign up for oh, the interview. Oh, yeah, I have, I have some great... And I have some great things coming up. I've got um, uh, my friend Heidi. I've got um, Jason from... Uh, who, who does coaching. Not like sports coaching, but like leadership coaching and, and productivity coaching. I've got Sigrid Ellis, who is an amazing person, coming up in March. Yes. Uh, no, April. April is when, when we're going to talk to Sigrid. And talk about a cool job. A really cool job. Um, Sigrid is both a freelance editor and an air traffic controller. And man, I cannot, I am so excited about he this. He was co- wandering around the house ranting about how he is just going to make his coworkers and his bosses listen to like a, the 30 minute recording of Sigrid talking about fail safes. So. Yeah, yeah. But I've also got, um, who else have I got? I've got uh, Shannon Garrity. Yeah, the the uh, cartoonist. I've got L. Dowd, um, the social justice worker and ministry candidate. I've got uh, even our friend Fleen guy, Gary. Yes. Um, and so really, I think I just covered every single person we're talking to. I'm talking. <laughs> I've talked to for the next. You are two excited months. to talk to I, all of them. They are. This is this is some of the best stuff I've done, and I really want you guys to enjoy it, and I really want you to share it with your friends, and I really want you to go out there and help people in Texas. Absolutely. Because, uh, yeah, we're good. Yep. So that's it for this week. Uh, I hope everyone has a week that is getting better and gets some sunshine somewhere. Yes. Somehow. Uh, I know we're about to go into another rainy, icy jag. So uh, just, you know, keep the keep your spirits up as best you can. Keep moving forward and do your best to, you know, whatever it looks like. Stay productive. Absolutely. Whatever that entails.